nothing will ever be the same. So what you do today is not going to be the same as what you do tomorrow. It won't be the same as what you did yesterday. You'll encounter different problems. And if any business out there can do that, that's the value. You're buying the value, not the fluff. In the room, 52 Jokers Wild. It's about 12 years ago since we made a little film called Filler's Walk. And when we started up with the ideas for it, we just found that we had to keep on going. And it just motored and motored and motored and everything just seemed to fall into place. I believe, Garvin, that we've reached that point once again. We are now, we've started something. We've got this motor going. We've got the spark plugs working. We've got, we got the compression rates going. And we've got the juice going in there. And all cylinders are firing. And I think that's it. We're going. There's no stopping it. It's a juggernaut. It's going forward. It's been an exciting week this week. We've set up a company in the north so we can cover Brexit and all that kind of silliness that's going on. We've got better ideas of where we're going with the whole project at the moment. Everybody we're talking to, when we explain the model of what we're doing, they're enthused they want to get involved and we're we're big it's we're building up this catalyst of of something big that's going to happen within the next year i know it. summertime you're talking about summertime i'm talking about summertime we'll see something's going to happen it always will and even with what we're doing at the moment there's something happening and we just have to keep on going Oh, so like summertime, a song comes to mind. Summertime and the living is easy. I don't even know if that is the word, the lyrics, but I'm going to stick with them. It's summertime, the living is easy. Will it be? No, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be the next level. It's going to be hard. We're aiming. It's not that it's hard and bad. It's our whole journey is to create 30 jobs. You know, and, and not one of them exists without the other. There is no less than that minimum. It's going to be, you know, actors, crew, you know, students, admin. It, not one part can exist without the other. And summertime, in, in the summertime, whether it be the summertime of the soul or it's next year or the year after, the, 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 the more likely time that we will be running something is in the sunny days. It's not going to be the dark, the dank in the winter months where, you know, winter is coming is that, that, that other Game of Thrones. We're going, it's not winter is coming because that was actually foreboding. It's summer. It's springtime you know, for Hitler, <laughs> summertime is on the way. But uh, I think it's Mel Brooks's springtime for Hitler. But it was a good tune and it was a good little dance in it. And it was a jolly film. Actually, I think that film, if I remember back right, they were trying to make a producers. film that would actually, yeah, the producers, it was meant to fail. They were designed to think to, to be a tax break flop. And then they turned it into a musical and the bloody thing became a success. It was going against what was meant to be, but the actors didn't know that maybe. And they gave it their all and it became summertime for Hitler. And it, it became the producers and it became a sensation. We're looking to become a sensation with our summertime, well, not for him, but maybe for us. And, or I can't even remember if it's springtime or summertime. But back to summertime, we're aiming for the summer. It's not a time, it's not a month. It's the brightness, the warmth, the good times. We're aiming for the good times. And what good times look to us is the academy is up and running with first 
innovative set of students involved and our practitioner mentor masters are there. They're all signed up. They're signing up right now to be on the panels, to be involved with this innovative, disruptive way of delivering our, exponent, our, our experiential course in this um, micro-production space. So we've, we've got the language. It's 40 people running around doing their jobs. These jobs don't currently exist. So for this to exist, there's 40 people getting paid to do something they love. There's a lot of students paying to get the best chance of getting into the industry they want to get into in this avenue and route to. If we do what we say on the tin, it materializes on a switch of a button. It turns on at this level of activity that makes sense and produces something meaningful, both on a skill development level and learning and job in terms of the, the master practitioners, cast and crew. So everybody will be singing along to spring they'll have a step a spring in their step and it'll feel like summertime because it'll be bright and warm they're getting paid they're creating content they're enjoying their new relationships and they're going on a journey there's no winter is coming that's where we are so that's what's starting to have developed in the last couple of weeks we can see what summer looks like and we're looking forward to summertime yeah and you've just reminded me of us springing forward as we will do, we'll spring forward as one of our episodes is all about. But I think that that's quite interesting because you, you talked about it being a disruptive model. Uh, and I, I believe, having seen what we've seen happening in the industry at the moment, we, we've, we've seen how disruptive uh, COVID has been. All the cinemas are shutting down. The revenue streams are, are changing. Uh, the streamers are benefiting. The cinema, as we once knew it, is, is on the demise, potentially but there is a need and a, a hunger for more and more content because uh, people are watching it left, right, and centre. They just they can't consume enough of it. So there is a demand for it, and it's and it's interesting to see that what we used to watch about twenty years ago were TV series that lasted for about twenty four episodes. We now see ep seasons lasting for about ten episodes or thereabouts. And what I've started to notice even more recently on Netflix is some series are only half an hour long. They're not even 45 minutes. They're half hour, 10 episodes of those. And in our model, we can produce those kind of things. What I think is really, really good, having spoken to a couple of producers even today, one of the producers was saying that um, they had a, a young fella come out to make a video and interview them, and they said how much they really enjoyed, but they wanted to make a documentary. And when uh, my producer friend started talking to him, he realized that they hadn't a notion about how to go about making a documentary. And he went, and explained that process. He went back to basics, the basic principles of how to make a documentary, research and storytelling and all that kind of stuff. And Garvin, you'd said to me, well, you know, it's all about how many people to get involved. And I said, he doesn't even know the basics to understand how many people he will actually need. He, he hasn't got that knowledge. Another colleague of mine is also a producer and does lots of different areas, works for the BBC and the likes of. He was saying that his son has spent two years doing a master's degree and in a two-day shoot that he went with his dad to help out doing sound, he said he learned more during that two-day shoot than he had on the last two years doing his, his qualification, which is the same issue that we were finding when we were down uh, with the Screen Island people at one of their seminars, where the industry was saying, we actually don't know what our jobs are. We don't know our job roles. We don't know where the demarcation lines are. We don't know what happens. Education was saying, well, tell us what you need to do so we can help you train the people. And they still couldn't interface. They still couldn't communicate. And I think that was a, a, a conference that we went to about two years ago. And what we're seeing 
is the old uh, silo way of doing things where they're still pulling courses off the shelf where the majority of the time they're stuck in a classroom doing what the class is a masterclass where somebody is just sharing their experiences, but they're telling. And this is it. They're just telling everybody how to do it. They just tell, 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 tell. And the first rule of storytelling is don't tell, show. Show us, don't tell us. You've got to do it practically. And that's what happens. If, if someone tells you a story, it's boring. If they show you a story, you can interact with it and engage with it in a way that you can't if you're just being told. It is an interactive process. And the best way to learn is not being told how to do something, but being shown how to do it so you can repeat it and go through that process again and again and again. And I think that's what's important. We, we are developing a model that is experiential. You will experience making a film. You'll experience the heartaches. You'll experience the joys. You'll experience the accolades of working as a team of people and enjoying that whole process as a family, as a community of filmmakers. And you'll be building up skills uh, uh, to the point where you won't be kind of worrying that you haven't got the experience to get the next job. You'll, you'll be so experienced with what you've done that they'll be wanting you to go and join and the next production. They'll be headhunting you. That's our intention. So you're the go-to person they have to have because they can see the, the results of your work and all the effort that you've been putting in just because the way we're going to be documenting as a film uh, the efforts of all our students on the course. And they will share that with their own audiences and develop their audience. And that hopefully will become as popular as Big Brother and I'm a Celebrity and all that kind of stuff. That's that's where we're going. And that model is becoming really crystallized in our mind that we're now becoming very efficient in sharing that story with other people that we want to get interested. And we're energizing them in, in quite a like a spark plug, igniting the engine, <laughs> igniting the petrol to get the engine going. Now, what's interesting is I, I, I'll round I'll go back round to that wording show and tell because that's what's starting to happen like you're you're talking to your director producer friends because you your background is the, the film industry and film education and I, I'm talking to accountants and, and others that but they also understand business plans and business ideation and and they, they, their wording is, is is normally under the guise of show me the money show money show me the money you're showing me the cost show me the money show me the profits show what, what does that mean actually jobs so what we're the language which we, we don't don't realize we're actually speaking is it's the, the most of what we're talking about is creating jobs. We 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 have to be aware of our audience of who we're speaking to, and we were talking to or we're hoping to talk to various educational boards and screen skills, uh, the supports, the government supports, and what their ask is is. Can somebody out there in private industry take the risk and deliver on our ask? And what our ask is, is we have monies. We want to support job creation. We want to support skills development. You know, but we're not the experts in what the what is that will deliver on that ask. We, we can help. We can, what, our, what we can do is provide financial supports under certain, you know, 
you know, restrictions or parameters, which is very understandable. They want to make sure they get value for their money. And, and that's what we're, we started our whole journey under that gambit in the first place. We, we heard there was an opportunity, there was skills gaps, there's holes and silos in the industry. And if someone can figure out how to join the dots and address these skills gaps and deliver on skills development in an innovative way, then we will support that because we think that's that's what the industry was asking for at that conference back two years ago. It was saying, we want you to deliver us trained, ready-to-go individuals that we don't have to bring back the basics, are trained, are ready to go. They're ready to run before they walk. They've already done it somewhere else. We're not going to be carrying their risk. We want to carry their value. We we can train them. We'll pay some budget for it. But we do, our job is, is is making content. It's not coming up with training courses. To, to, that's education's job. Or somewhere in between, maybe a private educational body. Or, or, and that's where we decided to go play. We're going to be a private institution that's going to be a hybrid, that's going to be able to deliver the education, but in an industry setting. So we that's where we're going to go play. But all that wording is saying is, this is where we're going to create jobs. The jobs of the people that we're going to work with is these 25 jobs or 40 jobs are going to be in industry. And what they're going to be delivering is education to future industry participants in the best way possible in a condensed, focused, mentoring, shadow, one-to-one. So this show and tell is less show, is less tell, a bit of show, and not keep on showing, but wrapped up in doing. That individual will be go, I'll show you how to do it. Now it's your turn. Go do. And oh, you didn't get that. I'll show you again this time do it again. And it'll go, that's the journey. It's not going to tell you, I'm going to tell you what to do. I'm going to show you how to do it. Then you're going to do it. I'll tell you again. But it's going to be that cycle back and forward. And it's going to be, you're going to walk away there with the expertise or you'll know what it is you're missing and you'll know what it is you've got to put some repetition into. It will not be talking about it. It will not be reading about it. It will not be online about it. It will be immersed in it. And you're going to drown in this immersion of the amount of value that it's up to you to soak in, given who you're talking to and who you're surrounded by and who's willing to wrap themselves around you and pass on their expertise and their 80% of value and 20% of the time based on if they only knew this then when they were coming into the industry themselves, this would have saved them, this would have helped them. That's what we're going to be delivering all day long, injecting it into you on a one-to-one basis. And if any business out there can do that, that's the value. You're buying the value, not the fluff. And we're very, very excited about it. And this is where we're saying our elevator pitch is becoming very, very focused according to who we're talking to. And they're getting excited about it. And they're immediately, the words coming out of their mouths are, stop telling me about it. Show me it. Where is it? Can I sign up? Can I do that? Can I be part of it? And that is the sentence we're hearing. And we're going, it's great. We're expecting this rejection. We're expecting people to go the critique route. And it's not happening. Now, again, they might I'm very tall. They might be afraid of me. You know, they might be afraid of George. They don't want to hurt our feelings. We're looking for the critique. We're looking to find the critique and fix and build and pivot and build on. We want, we don't want affirmation for affirmation's sake. We want to understand that this is something they're excited about. They get it. They get it. They can see, they're, they're, they immediately are, can visualize 
what we're talking about. And that's very, very exciting because that's the language anyone has to use. If you have an elevator pitch and they can visualize it and not only visualize it, they start picturing themselves in it, then you're on the money. You're on them. They're starting to go, How, when can I do this? That's where we are. And now we're trying to accelerate because we're already disappointing these people because we're not already there. So we need to pick up the pace and, and so we can fill these seats because they want it yesterday. They've needed it for the last five years. The industry needs it. People need it. Pandemic, we need it even more. It, you know, so it's there's nothing here that we're that's stopping us or, or making us feel disheartened. We're getting two years in. We're getting more and more and more excited, and I think that's that's great for us. But then you're going, show me. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. So that's where we got to get. Well, we know you're not even there, so we don't have to show you. There's no audience. You know, but if you are there, go listen to the last fifty episodes, and you'll understand. Back to you, George. I think what's uh, what's actually quite fascinating as you were talking there, going through it. Um, I was actually getting images in my head of of people solving problems on set with cameras and with actors and trying to work with the actors. And although we're doing cycles, which in their normal sense would be almost look as though it's a repetitive thing that's going on, that's that's the same time blocks, the same whatever. Each of those time blocks will have a unique situation within it because nothing will ever be the same. So what you do today is not going to be the same as what you do tomorrow. It won't be the same as what you did yesterday. You'll encounter different problems. You may have the same actors during the period that you're working with, but they'll be encountering different scenes, uh, different emotions, different lighting, different camera setups, even though you're using the same gear. So you're now becoming so familiar with the techniques that by the time you've gone through the first cycle, it should be kind of second nature, but then you've got opportunities to demonstrate and the creativity will then come in. We're still limited by the time constraints, but you'll, but because people will get used to that and they'll speed up their processes, they all start to use things imaginatively like a canvas, which is still the same little sort of rectangle and it's still limited on the space, but they'll become more and more creative with how they use that space to actually let their voices out and and show people what they're actually doing. And at the end of the day, that's what it's going to be. It's 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 going to be a record of what they're capable of doing and how they can um, express themselves as filmmakers with the, within the constraints that uh, filmmaking actually does. Because even though it's a kind of art form, it's a craft form, it is a business, it is an industry, and industries work like engines. And you, you have, as long as you've achieved the job that's required of that day, then technically you can move on. But there will be a little bit of buffer to allow people to, to, to try different ideas. But the key thing is to make sure that the film is made, it's, it looks good, it's successful in, in its execution, that um, you know, it could win awards here, there and everywhere. That's what we want to do. We want to take things to the next level. But we're going through a kind of process, I think, at the moment where... There is the hardship that we have to, the pain that we have to go through before we get the gain, I think Carwin would have mentioned before. But we're going through that. We're going through the paperwork. We're going through the administration. We're doing these films in the meantime because we want to keep a consistency of our, our presence being there, even though it may seem as though we haven't got an audience at the moment. We do have an audience in one area, and we're now starting to see how we can drive that audience into 
another area that we want to start to build up the viewing uh, and and use that as a way of demonstrating that we can build up an audience. I think that's that's quite important. We don't know everything. We're learning. We're hoping to bring people on board that can help us with that. And we're already getting people sort of suggesting to us how they can help us move things forward because they believe in what we're actually doing. And I think that's that's something that you've been doing, Garvin, with a few colleagues. And I'm doing it with, you know, they're excited. Everybody's excited. My wife believes in it. And that's, that's I'm not being criticized. That's hard either. to believe. So that's, that's, <laughs> that's hard to believe as well. And that's not a fairy tale, but that's true. You know, I'm still here. I'm still alive. And uh, she's kind of, she's actually encouraging me. She says, no, no, I can see where you're going. I believe it. But she wants us to show her what we're doing as well. And that and that's important to keep keep those people around us, keep those the family members around us, you know, excited about what we're doing because it is a bit of a long, hard slog and it may seem risky, but we're trying to minimize that risk in, in what we're actually doing and push push forward. And I think we will there's a lot of filmmakers out there that aspire to do what we're actually about to allow them to achieve as as creative people, to express themselves through the art of filmmaking. And we will be looking for an audience. And I think that's what's going to drive that audience, that, that audience, one as viewers, but another as participants. And the third one as mentors who are who have a wealth of experience behind them. And some people we're talking to at least 40 years of experience of, of the whole industry. They've seen the ups and downs. We may be going through hard times at the moment, but there's been hard times in the past. And those people have gone through, they've marched for, they've been persistent. They haven't let things knock them and they've carried on making films. It does get harder and it is going to be harder in the future. But if you think outside the box and you don't just follow what the rest of the sheep and the crowds are doing, you know, uh, they're following us what they think is a familiar path. And unfortunately, the gates have been shut and they're just piling up <laughs> in a big block of sheep, just sort of getting stuck there, not being able to move forward. We've got to think outside the box. There are always new opportunities. People there's no box, George. There's no, no box. No, there's no box. That's it. Well, that's that's. <laughs> We're so far outside the box, it's ridiculous. <laughs> We've got to We're go find that box. There's no box <laughs> yeah. that can keep us. This is Pandora's box. You know, so what's interesting, what I'm hearing it, like, while you were talking... I must have read something in the last day because I barely understand the generation X's and Y's and Z's and millennials and what dates they apply to. But I'm either remembering a day. I'm I'm an X, a generation X. You could be a generation generation X as well. So most of people, no, are practitioners, I'm, I'm are baby boomer. <laughs> oh, you're well, that's well. The, the, baby the baby boomers, boomers. right? Yeah. The baby boomers and the generation X's is who's going to be on our practitioner side of things who they're That's delivering it. to are the millennials and is the, what's the current is the generation z i don't know who's a, who's the current generation is that i think it's generation next right they've gone but to, any, no yeah, the next generation right. next is a few years away so it's probably the it's probably the millennials will be entering into our structure in terms of going they've gone to school already and they're going to college or to be finishing college and doing their masters or a little bit will some of them will already be in work and want to come back and do a bit of cpd but ultimately it's it's these two sets of generations the older masters passing on the knowledge and expertise to the next generation is what it's all about. To empower this next generation with the right skill set to then apply it to their creativity and their art in the best way 
possible at the soonest possible time with a minimum of effort and direction. So this this is in what we're canning in our Pandora's box of tricks of this 16 weeks of 40 people and all the moving parts. Is this passing down of experience and transference of experience and skills development because that's what should be happening in there and what will come out the other end are these more skilled individuals ready to go to work and perform their art the ones in the box they say in the box are just plug in and out being the master practitioners will feel fulfilled that they were able to give to the next generation and they're not on the shelf or pass sell by date. And what comes out as a product is this mix of art forms and people doing the best that they can concentrated in this Pandora's box. We're hoping is an episodical something of value or a feature of value because everybody in the box was happy bunny out and they had a great time learning and giving of their learnings and their expertises and using the case study of what's in the what's inside there to 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 to, to, to target and understand that that activity was happening in that fashion. So we're very excited about what's going to come out of Pandora's box. And it's not a box of tricks. It's not an evil something. Well, it could be. It could be a horror. We don't know. It could be a sci-fi. It could be a sci-fi horror apocalypse of God knows what. Actually, it probably needs to be because I think that's what sells these days. But that we're in control of that. And it's an op- what's in there is an opportunity for writers to, to wrap produ- for production budget around and go on a journey of seeing their creativity and art form be wrapped around a production suite and have the best chance of getting something that everybody's art is then on show through the finished product. So we're very excited about Pandora's box, or we have to call it something else, but it's the box of tricks. But it, but it is a case of the millennial, it's the, it's, we're somehow going to map and manage and merge millennial to baby boom to generation X and shake it all up and see what comes out the other end. And it should be very, very interesting and creative. As long as it's not a jack-in-the-box, my, my grandson has got get, initially got a little jack-in-the-box and when the thing popped up and a little door opened up, he kind of jumped. But yeah, it's interesting because we've gone from from being so far outside the box that you're going to have to try and some find a way to bring us back in. But I think maybe it's a Philip K. Dick story that basically what it is that we think we're so far out the box that when you invert the box again, we're in a different universe that's inside the box, a bit like the uh, the TARDIS from Doctor Who because it's been turned inside out and there's many, many rooms that you can actually go to if you can actually change your perception of space and time and all those kind of things, which I think is what we're actually doing, <laughs> changing our perception of time. Well, that's it. The TARDIS is actually a good analogy, I think, because you said... What's in this TARDIS of production is pretty much anything you want in terms of the universe because what you're capturing is, is creativity and stories and manifest. you're manifesting the universe in this TARDIS box. And what's inside this box is all this creativity potential of all these individuals focusing their energies in, the, in that particular set of timelines into generating um, a tangible output of a new universe being a show of some description or or it was a universe that didn't exist before but now it can be consumed whether it be be a like a factual documentary or it be a fictional something it's a this is a universe generator this tardis is a universe generator in and a manifester by 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 default so yes it 
it's we're, we're, we are the doctors of this universe. Uh, and so it'll be interesting to see what the Daleks look like. Oh, well, no, I think that's, 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 and there'll be cardboard box Daleks as opposed to 3D special effects. Well, Daleks. that's the budget again. That's the problem that's there. The yeah. <laughs> no, it's not, it's not a problem. That's, that's actually one of the constraints that's actually really good because what that does is that so many people get used to gadgets and things, but what we're actually giving them as part of the program is that experience of working with other people that you have to deal with actors. It's about performance and it's about storytelling through the actor's performance and the way that you film it. You've got to get it right on camera during that shot. It's not an after effects thing that you do later on to try and solve it. You make sure that everything's in the frame and that helps keep the budget down. If people can work that way, then they'll be less reliant on what often happens is they say, oh, the editor can sort it out. No, the editor can't. If you've not done it properly in the way you've shot it and recorded sound, you're creating a nightmare for the editor because they've got to do 10 times the amount of work that you could have actually solved on set. And I think that becomes important. I, I was talking to you earlier on, Garvin, about um, I'm doing this counselling course and I, I had to play a couple of different characters and i say i had to play a couple of different characters it was supposed to be me but i actually found myself taking on a different personality or a different person created from some experiences i'd actually had and used that to tell the story and i suddenly realized whoa this is a great way of actually working with actors to get them to play the character and then counsel the character to find out how they might solve problems within the story now, a lot of people don't know how to work with actors. They don't know how to get performances out of actors. But there's a great little tool that, 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 that you can actually use. And those are things that we can help with, with experienced directors and with experienced crew to work on how to get it so it's a, a, a performance-driven film, not a um, special effects boring one. I mean, I was talking about, uh, I'm watching something at the moment that's been going for about five years called Orphan Black. And... What I'm really enjoying is that there's one girl playing seven or eight different characters and they're not the same. You actually could believe that that's a different person playing those characters because her performances for each character is so Now, is she getting paid seven times is what I want to know. Yeah. Well, she's winning an Emmy Award, so, so maybe her rates are going up, and that's the reason why We need to find a multi-schizophrenic the actor, therefore they just play themselves yeah. and we're laughing. You know, just have to pay one Absolutely. of them. Well, well, it's 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 really good what they're doing, but it is it is performance driven. I'm sure there's special effects in there because they have the same girl in the shot four or five times, and you're trying to think, oh, that's a bit complicated. But I'm sure there's a way about it because in the olden days, as they talked about it, they used to have people playing double characters, and it's the way they kind of shot them. They they had twins and all that sort of stuff. So again, it's but it's back down to that creativity. It's, it's how do you tell a story with with the limitations that are being imposed. And, and quite often, what we're really interested in is, is the human interaction that's going on and in the story and, and behind the cameras. And we'll be actually capturing what's going on, the problems. Like, you know, there'll be a crew going in there, sitting in there, and there might be a pause going on, and the camera crew might go up to the direct the documentary crew may go up to one of the participants that's involved and say, what's going on? Oh, wow, the director suddenly found there's a problem with the script and he's trying to sort it out with the actors. And if we don't get that sorted out soon, the light's going to go down. It's going to be nighttime and we'll, we'll lose it. You know, the drama in the drama 
and outside the drama is going to be fascinating to actually watch. And I think I'm getting excited even thinking about it because no matter what happens, even if there are tensions and stuff going on, it creates drama for another piece of content that we Well, that's like Gogglebox, as you're saying. It's yeah. life. It's you're capturing these moments. And if these things aren't happening, it's too simple. It's too straightforward. There's no actual um, push or growth because it's... Yeah why would everyone get it right first time? If you're getting everything right first time, it's too easy. There's no stretch. There's, It's just you're just playing yourself. Or if, if we're capturing it first time, you're going, is every moment a perfect moment? It doesn't, that doesn't make sense either. It just means we captured the moment. It was an ask. Now, actually, I've, my little saying here, this is interesting. Today's little one is good, better, best. Never let it rest till your good is better and your better is best. So we can get good, we can get better, and it's whether we have budget for best. Yo, know, you can't keep going, but you can certainly get better. But you can get the minimum. But we can, we're building the minimum value proposition. We don't want to be the minimum. We want to maximize the minimum. We want to create that differential that's difficult for someone to, you know, compete very easy. Otherwise, they just get it and it's, it's transferable. It's copyable. It's just they missed it till then. It's not that. It's a whole lot of other moving parts that look, we've, we've touched this on this before and other, other of our uh, podcasts going, we're, our art is to make complex look simple. And if you're consuming it simply, then you're, you're thinking it's simple and it isn't. And then you're trying to copy and emulate and do, and it just will not work because there's too many moving parts you're unaware of in the background making this look simple and that's what we're doing we we thought we'd done we hadn't done much and george and we and myself done a lot of work about a year ago but we we've done the 80 20 pareto principle we've done 80 percent of the work then but didn't package it the value would only be understandable or consumable by someone else by the packaging of it and we stopped and when we so we never got the value of it now that we're going reigniting it and coming back to this painful admin, we're only saying painful because we want to be doing the exciting things. Who wants to be filling in a form and doing documentation and controls and processes and validations? And, oh, somebody must love that somewhere, but it's not us creatives. But we have to do it, and we will, and we are. But we've realized, ah, we've already done 80% of it. We just have to package it. We have to present it. We have to brand it. We have to make it consumable and understandable that the quality is in there and the value is in there and the complexity is in there but it's been simplified enough for them to understand that the that it is there because you couldn't arrive at a simple answer had you not gone through this complex journey and that's where we're getting our confidence back now we're known we're no we know someone can't just copy the answer because the answer has to have 200 pages behind it of questions and answers to that and that is what we've realized, that we are further along than we thought. We need to now package the value so we can go on a show and tell, because we've been telling them before that we're doing this. But telling someone you're doing something doesn't actually mean you are in the absence of the evidence of the fact that they can see it and understand it and can see you doing it. And the act, they catch you in the act of it and then they it can actually register in their brain so no more show and tell it's with no more telling 
We're moving to showing. We actually have been doing an awful lot of showing in these videos and podcasts. The show and tell is the video and the podcast. That's our little chat to the world going, this is what we're doing if you care to watch. And if you look at all the episodes, you'll actually get a bigger insight because it's hidden in each chapter. It won't be evident from any one. But if you go on the journey, you will have already learned something. Actually, we were talking to something interesting there the other day was there's a, a, a Facebook group out there that would love some mentoring for the for their film industry members. And they're asking, let's say, George, would he like to give some of his time and be a mentor? And then we suddenly realized, oh, we can do better than that. We've got 52 shows of mentoring. That actually would have been the very thing we would have told them had they been in front of us. We've actually packaged it so you can actually give it to everybody at once. And they can go off and consume that, enjoy that at their leisure, come back with their questions and come back with your questions and that'll be a better mentoring session than wasting their time, both hours and theirs, with going through 50 hours of something which is already available. So we're very excited. We'd already addressed all the questions before they were asked for that particular industry and group. To such an extent, we've packaged it, wrapped it, and now we, we just have to show them where it is. But they need to consume it. They need to educate themselves in this online listening, auditorial, visual space. But that show and tell learning only empowers them to come up with the right questions, if that makes sense. We're actually now, believe it or not, at the end of this particular episode. We're about 36, nearly 37 minutes in. So we're going to draw it to a close here. We we started about keep on going. That's what we had to do, keep on going. And some of the things that Garvin was talking about there that we had been, we had got going with developing our course plan and syllabus. And then we had to go on and do something else. And we kept on going with that. And now we've had to come back. But it's keeping the consistency, I think, is the key thing. We're excited because we are creating a Pandora's box that is more like a TARDIS than a box. It's not limited by the space that we think it's in. In fact, we think we're so far outside of the box that it's hard to contain us. And that's the great thing about it. And it's hard for us to contain ourselves at this point, but we have to. So I'm going to say thanks for enjoying this show. I hope you'll come and visit us again. There are at least another 50, maybe nearly 60 episodes that you could actually listen to as well. So please come and join us again. And thank you from me, George, and... And Garvin, Doctor Who, Doctor What, Doctor Why, Doctor When, Doctor How Much. That's, it's the what, where, when, why, and how, and who. And keep on coming up with questions and it'll drive you to the next set of answers. You're, if you stop, you're dead. So we're, we're ex excited about the next set of questions. We'll draw a close on that. See you soon. Do what it says on the tin. Follow and share.